You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Good day and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and uh, Ken, you don't like that opening? Right off the bat, I'm just going to say, how dare you, Neil? Well, I had to say good day. We have so many wonderful Australian listeners, including one that will be on our show that we'll introduce in just a minute. We have had a lot lately. We have. It's our second largest viewership or listenership of any country. Including uh, Canada, right? Yeah. Including Canada. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And the UK. Yeah. So we love our Australians, uh, and hopefully we can make a pilgrimage over there um, maybe next year or the year after. Who knows? And and take over the town. But uh, we'll introduce our guests in just a minute. I'm here with Jeff and Ken. You're both doing okay? Doing all right. Yeah, I think uh, I've run out of sports injuries to complain about. And we're both we're both moving in the next like two weeks, so I think we're both like in p- constant panic. Yeah, you're both moving in two weeks, and then Matt, who's here uh, from Los Angeles, <laughs> you're moving pretty soon too. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm. I got the pre-move blues. I think. Uh, I just. I think I bought too much stuff out here. Too many know, replica yeah. Oscars. Hanging out on Hollywood Boulevard too much with all those uh, trinkets. Yeah, Matt's move is a little bit more involved than ours. Yes. So, uh, well, yeah, both of you are moving. Uh, I'm not moving just yet. Uh, I was just uh, not moving from the couch watching the new season of Bosch. It's the last season yeah, of the I series. Yeah, it's excellent. So it's, it's been very good so far, and um, all my troubles were washed away because I I was worried there was going to be no more Bosch, but there's going to be a spinoff on IMDb TV with Harry and his daughter. So thank God. Thank God. That's not Bosch. a real channel. What's, what's, the, what's the demand for a Bosch spinoff? It must be pretty You're good. You're the only person that I know who watches Bosch. <laughs> well, Jeff and does. Jeff. I haven't seen the recent season, but... They are filming The Lincoln Lawyer right now, which is my favorite Michael Connelly property, David E. Kelly. Uh, so I'm excited about that. The guy from The Practice? That is correct. Uh, but I am not as excited uh, about that as I am for our guests. So let's introduce them. Our first guest is going to be a host today. He put together a wonderful game for us, coming to us from Olathe, Kansas. He's an Oakland 5 supporter on Patreon, and that is Sean Tierney. How are you, Sean? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Wonderful. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm an audio software engineer uh, for a consumer electronics company in Olathe, Kansas, and uh, I've been doing uh, trivia for a long time. Uh, did like Quiz Bowl in, in uh, you know, middle school and high school and uh, junior college and um, love Jeopardy forever. So uh, when I heard about your uh, podcast, I definitely jumped on that. Uh, Aaron Hall is the one who introduced me. Oh, um, nice. Love know, Aaron. Uh, Bloodsport uh, season two. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to be here. I heard that. Looking forward to it. I heard that Sean made kids cry when he would participate in quiz bowl in like elementary school, junior high. <laughs> he would just be so good that they'd be disappointed and cry and go yeah, home. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible. He's he's a tough cookie. I mean, he put together a game today trying to make us cry. So we'll see what happens when we do that. But thank you for for being here, Sean. And I see you wearing a uh, Fender T-shirt. So I feel like you should be the trivia caster of all hosts. Yeah, I believe that's a Stratocaster. That's my Stratocaster. Yeah, yeah, Telecaster. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a Stratocaster <laughs> shirt. Yeah. Okay. At least I didn't say Les so, Paul or yeah. something or Le Paul Gibson. Uh, yeah, Paul. I, I... which is French for the Paul. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, thank you, Sean, for being here. Um, and our, our guest today that's going to be playing with Matt, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, one of our very special Australian listeners uh, coming to us from Melbourne and also an Oakland 5 supporter on Patreon, and that is Frankie Mitchell. How are you, Frankie? 
Yeah, I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you found the podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah, I found you guys through listening to um, Trivial Welfare. Um, so I've been listening for a long time. Um, I don't really play a lot of trivia, um, I guess, at, outside, but do lots, listen to lots of podcasts, do lots of trivia in the paper. Um, I'm a primary school teacher. I'm just about to return to work after about a year maternity leave. So I'm really excited to get back in the classroom. Nice. Well, congratulations yeah. on both accounts. Yeah, thanks. And are you a footy fan or no? I I am a huge footy fan. I <laughs> I back for the North Melbourne Kangaroos, which Aww. at the moment, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is the virus. <laughs> I, I think the term is rebuilding. Yeah. yeah, we're we're rebuilding. That's the official yeah, line. Yeah, it's a rebuilding era. Yeah. No more Wayne Carries. They haven't been there for a while. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, Ken, <laughs> but they're called the Shinboners. That's their nickname. Okay. So me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's your nickname <laughs> as well. <laughs> Always kicking people with your shins. Uh, well, thank you, Frankie, for being here, uh, and also Sean. Uh, we have our team, so it's going to be Matt and Frankie versus Jeff and Ken. Well, Matt and Frankie, think of a team name. Um, Jeff and Ken, anything? We've been playing racquetball again. Mm-hmm. So we'll be the uh, racket ballers. The you were going to say the racketeers, weren't you? I was, I was thinking about it. <laughs> I prefer the racketeers. All right, we'll be the racketeers. The racketeers. <laughs> or the raconteurs. I was going to say the racketeer sans uh, Jack White. Uh, and Matt and Frankie, any ideas on a team name? I think I think we should pay homage to the time Frankie came to visit me and be Frankie Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> Damn it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was either going to be Frankie goes to Hollywood or Frankie says relax or something. Relax, yeah. <laughs> that works for me. I'm going to keep score. I'm just going to be hanging out today. Uh, Sean, you're the host. Any uh, preference on the rules, Read Which one you would like? Uh, Gilbert. All right. All right. Let's have Gilbert do it in an Australian accent. Triviality Podcast is two rounds of 20 questions worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there's a special swing round by this week's host. In the final round, players wager points they've earned for a chance to become the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. Uh, Sean, uh, feel free to take it away. I'll keep score over here. I believe Gilbert oh. is a Shakespearean uh, trained actor, right? I think he started in Shakespeare in the Park. He went to the New Globe Theater in London. To be <laughs> or not to be. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's go ahead and get this game going. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Question one of the first half. Category is geography. What city is appropriately the county seat of Grant County, Kansas? Okay, so Jeff looks like he's got a pretty sly answer there. So I think we're going to go ahead and lock in here. I Grant City has to do something with Grant, but I, I got nothing there. Um, yeah, I couldn't Matt. I'm sorry. That's okay. Grant was, I think, something with the president, something with the Civil War, something along those lines. Let's just, let's just say Lincoln. Uh, if it's the county seat, we guessed maybe it was seat Kansas. <laughs> so the uh, the county seat of Grant County is Ulysses. Oh, Kansas. that's fitting. There was a clue in there. Yeah, you're on the right track, Matt. <laughs> uh, question two. Um, category is card games. What is the name of the card game with ever-changing rules created by Looney Labs that won a Mensa Select Award in 1999? Aside from the standard version of the game, it comes in a number of themed varieties, including Cthulhu, Chemistry, and a discontinued Back to the Future variant. We can lock in. Yeah, I'm a fan of this game, and I have the Adventure Time version. So we're locked in. Um... I'm not great on card games, Matt, but I've got one card game that I've only played once because no one will play with me, and it's in the pirate um, version, so I'm wondering if it's Flux. Does okay. that sound? I have no idea, so that is an answer, so, so we're going to lock in with that. Something just occurs to me about his Back to the Future clue 
in thinking about whether or not they had the capacity mm-hmm. to reprint this game, yes. Ken. And similarly, I, I also have the affliction of not being able to find anybody to play Flux with me. So it is Flux. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yep. It, it, the answer is Flux. Very good. Hey, both oh, teams. It's a fun game. It's very fun. It's a little chaotic. Though. It's very chaotic. Uh, question three. Uh, the category is obligatory wrestling question, kind of. What wrestler and cousin of Snoop Dogg appeared as the Mandalor as a Mandalorian named Cosca Reeves in season two of The Mandalorian? Neil shaking his head very much so. Big fan <laughs> over there. Um, do you know this one, Frankie? No, I don't. Okay, Got wrestling can... and that was we, safe. We could Not lock in then. I, I'm 100% on this one. Okay, so Thanks. things I know about Snoop Dogg's family tree. Snoop Dogg is cousins <laughs> with Brandy. Not a wrestler, but Brandy's brother is Ray J. Also, still not a wrestler. These are things I know about Snoop And Dogg's Ray J tree. was in a video. Uh, that was going, kind of wrestling. It was kind of, no, it was it was un, uh, no holds barred wrestling. Is what That's it was. Right. I think it's the one who so, had. So the, perhaps they have a helmet on, so we probably didn't see him. Well, he takes it off, I think, because I think this is the person who plays all those other. Those yeah. Other ones. Yeah, in season two, I'm trying to remember. He had. I thought he was the one who had the Boba Fett armor. The one with the Boba Fett armor was Timothy Oliphant, so I don't think it's him. <laughs> Is Timothy Oliphant Snoop Dogg's cousin? He might be. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Oliphant had the Boba Fett armor? At, oh. at the first episode. Yeah. All right, so um, I don't know. I don't know. Where does the wrestling come in? We'll say Booker T. I don't know. Um, the wrestling comes in because uh, I believe that this is the boss. This is Sasha Banks. That is correct. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about now. I believe in the series she had blue hair. Um, mm-hmm. And she's also at many points in her career actually had Frankie's hair color as well. She always changes her hair color to something pretty cool. So, okay. so it was like Katie Sackoff and then this mm-hmm. this yeah. other person? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Her real name is I think yep. it's Mercedes Vernado, I believe. Okay. It's not dog. Dog is in her last name. It is not dog, D O double G. Yeah, apparently uh, Mercedes Justine uh, Kaysner Vernado. Okay. Uh, question four Category is Japanese. Don't look at me. I <laughs> haven't heard the question yet. <laughs> Suzuki is a vehicle manufacturer located in Hamamatsu, Japan. But Suzuki is also the word for the Japanese type of what fish? Hammond spared no expense to serve a variety of this fish to his theme park visitors in 1993's Jurassic Park. I remember the scene. Well, they spared no expense, Ken. Yeah, spared no expense. That's the line everyone remembers. Uh, I, I can't get this from the fish angle, and I can't get it from the Jurassic Park angle either. But if you just want to pick a fancy type of fish... Because they spared no expense, so. Well, luck in. Yeah, I've been there a few times, and I love eating sushi, so I'm trying to come to it from, like, a menu angle. I don't think it's tuna. Um, mm-hmm. Bass or. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of snapper. Uh, snapper's salmon. a good one. I'm happy mm-hmm. to go maybe with salmon, I guess, or. Okay. Um, Let's go with salmon. Yeah, sorry. Not much help there. Yeah, we just guessed snapper, because uh, yeah, it's uh, we too didn't think it was salmon or tuna, so snapper. So uh, what Hammond served was Chilean sea bass. Oh, that's the other. Mm-hmm. And so the answer is sea bass. That's that great scene where he's like fed up with the park not working, and he Kick finally shows ass, it. sea bass. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, Neil. Finally shows some anger, and he's I think he slams the table. I can't remember, but he's angry. That's for sure. Sorry to step on your joke, your dumb <laughs> and dumber okay. joke. <laughs> uh, question five. The category is at the movies. In Kevin Smith's second movie, Mallrats, the two main characters, played by Jeremy London and Jason Lee, were named after char- two characters from what 1975 thriller? And for an additional five bonus points... What more explicit reference to this 1975 movie actually happens on screen during the final montage that shows what happened to the characters after the events of the film? It is foreshadowed earlier in the movie as the, quote, most romantic thing, end quote, that Jason Lee's character has ever heard. All right, we can't really come at this from an uh, angle from Mallrats, but we know a thriller from 1975, and we're just going to guess it. So we are in. 
Yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with too many 1975 thrillers, so that doesn't help. Mm. I've also never seen Mall Rats, and I don't know anything about being romantic. So this is an O for three for me. <laughs> um, so, all right. Uh, what 1975 thriller can you name? Jaws? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can go with that. We're locking in with Jaws. We too guessed Jaws being a 1975 thriller. And you are both correct. Yay. Hey, good job, Matt. <laughs> so, yeah, so Brody Bruce is uh, um, Jason Lee's character, mm. and he's named after Brody, uh, who pl- uh, was played by Roy Scheider. And uh, Bruce was the name of the animatronic shark mm. in Jaws. Mm. And um, uh, the other character was T.S. Quint, after Quint played by Robert Shaw. And the thing that happens in the film is when they're at Universal Studios at the end getting married, Jaws pops out of the water mm. near the end of the film. I don't remember that. I don't either. I completely forgot about it. Well, after five questions, uh, the game is pretty tight. We have the Racketeers with 20 points, and Frankie Goes Hollywood with 30. Um, so question six. Uh, the category is uh, guitarists. Um, so born in London in 1958, this guitarist famously played for the all-female rock group, The Runaways, in the 1970s, and went on to have a solo career in the 1980s and 90s, including songs like Kiss Me Deadly. She even sang a duet with Ozzy Osbourne, Close My Eyes Forever, which reached number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. What is her name? All right. I know the song Kiss Me Deadly, but I do not recall the artist's name right now so we are just locking in with a guess frankie do we have anything better than a guess i'm thinking it was joan jett i'm mm-hmm. hoping that's not the right person and the other person from the runaway so i'm thinking i think joan jett was famous enough that she might have played with ozzy osbourne yeah and, and she she peaked in that yeah. like 80s mm. period where Ozzy, where they were, they were huge. So that would make sense. She was like, that was she was yeah. huge at the time. Um, I'm I'm cool That's with Joan Jett if if you want to lock in. Yeah, let's lock it in. Joan okay. Jett. I'm pretty sure that that song was not Joan Jett. That's a good solid guess though. But we just went with Cindy Lauper because we we couldn't get there. Yeah, so Joan Jett was the trap answer probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so the answer, Lita Ford. Mm. Oh, oh, okay. I love that song. Now I know who did it. Kiss Me Deadly. Who's that with? Ozzy Osbourne? It's a solo. Oh, okay. Um, Question seven. Shakespeare is the category. The Winter's Tale contains one of Shakespeare's most famous stage directions. Exit pursued by bear. What character is killed off stage by this bear? We can lock in. Excuse me, I'm going to go use the washroom and check Neil's poster. (laughs) It's on the poster. Uh... Frankie, are you experienced Shakespearean fan? Not with the Winter's Tale, and I knew you guys had that poster. Ah, uh, yes, um, the famous bathroom it's a poster. Famous poster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish there wasn't so many was... typos in it. It's so embarrassing for whoever designed it because there's yes, so many. There are. Are there really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never noticed. The more I go to the bathroom, the more I find. It's like <laughs> a game. Neil had some horrible diarrhea one time. He discovered all of them. That means I was going diarrhea backwards. To look at the poster. You're <laughs> sitting at it like a like, like a, a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like the way I sit in my chair. I'm just gonna I, try and get that image out of my head. Yeah, that's, that's a rough. He one. had to he had to grip the tank. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a it's like a Leopold or. I'm happy to go with Leopold if. If you're happy with that. Yeah, we got nothing else. We're going to lock in with Leopold. All right. And this is definitely the one I know. Uh, Antogenous exits pursued mm. by Bear. That is correct. It's the only character I know in The Winter's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question eight. TV shows. In a season two episode of Castle that came out just before Halloween... Nathan Fillion's titular character dresses in a manner that looks like Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly. Ever the Joker, what does he say he's supposed to be when asked? Well, we can lock in on this one. This went a little bit viral. So I know 
there was like a big bring castle back movement or not castle nobody wanted castle back sorry castle <laughs> fans uh, <laughs> bring firefly it was like 10 a seasons big, not big... enough the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. castle and bones marathon that's what's playing in hell right now um, <laughs> <laughs> he played um a character in another thing he was in dr horrible sing-along blog which came out around the same time and he was i think captain hammer i think was his name does any of this sound familiar okay. or just making things up none of it sounds familiar to me perfect um but yeah, i think so i think maybe that would be it yeah so we're gonna say captain hammer and and i think i'm remembering this right but i think he says i'm a space cowboy and yes some people would call him a space cowboy wow all right, uh, question nine, cartoons. Okay. What is the name of She-Ra, Princess of Power's horse, that turns into the unicorn Swiftwind? It's also the name of a horse in a 2002 movie by DreamWorks and a recent Netflix TV series also by DreamWorks. Why wasn't I paying attention while Angie was watching She-Ra? I remember you said you were watching it. Not closely enough, apparently. Ken, I think it's this and we can lock in. Yeah, we're locked in. Hmm. Frankie, what do you know about cartoon horses? Uh, not a lot. I should know a bit more because I've got a three-year-old. She's not quite up to Shira yet. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think I used to love that growing up. So on my way to work, I drive by the Netflix office, and I think they had a poster for this. And I remembered it because the name is similar to the person who won the Kentucky Derby, but also didn't win the Kentucky Derby, who I believe was Medina Spirit. I think the name of the horse is just Spirit. So I think we can lock in oh, the Spirit. Yeah, now that you say that, I can see the little icon on mm -hmm. on the Netflix. Yeah, yeah that's, that feels good. Yep, so we're going to lock in with Spirit. And Ken and I also locked in with Spirit. And spirit is correct. Good job, Matt. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so question 10 is in American football. <laughs> Hopefully it's the band. Hopefully it's the band. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, never Frankie. Meant that. Um, so the, the 55th Super Bowl was played earlier this year when my Kansas City Chiefs lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't worry. They'll be back next year. Maybe they'll get revenge on those Bucks. In fact, every Super Bowl matchup could happen again, except for one. What is the only Super Bowl matchup that could not be repeated under current NFL conference alignment? Okay. Oh. Uh, I'll have to think about this for a minute, but I think I can get there. It's a little complicated, but um, because it depends on what you're calling the other team, because I think it's the Jets and the Colts or the Jets and the Ravens, you couldn't do either of them, depending on if you want to call the Colts moving to in Indianapolis AFC, and then the Ravens are also AFC. And the Jets are in the AFC too, so none of that can happen. So I think it's Super Bowl three, possibly, but we're saying uh, Jets and Colts. All right. Uh, they're locked in. Jeff, uh, if you want to regale us with what you're thinking. The Rams are in the same conference they've been in. I feel like the Raiders have been only other team I can think of that moved. Yeah, I guess Super Bowl era. I don't know. I mean, Bears used to be another team, but I mean that that's I will guess Colts Bears. Although I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Yep. And the answer is the Colts and the Jets in Super Bowl three. Because, yeah, the Colts were originally an NFL team, and after the merger in uh, 1970, they moved to the AFC. Very good. You got half of it. Gotcha. Yeah, I was pretty sure I had to do it with the Colts. I just Without did. knowing every Super Bowl that's ever been played like Matt does, yeah. he did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, after round one, uh, it's tied. You both have 50 points, so it's 50-50. I'll take that. Yeah, take that. Uh, and speaking of 50-50, um, come check us out over at Patreon, because when you hear a Patreon bonus, it's going to be 50-50 if it's just shenanigans or not. <laughs> uh, Pretty much. So uh, if you want to join uh, Frankie and Sean, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcasts. And what we've been talking a little bit more lately about is the fact that you get so much more audio content over 30 hours or so. 
but Jeff, there's also a lot more that you get if you help support our show, uh, not even including perks, but you can talk about those, but also just how it's helping us grow. Yep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I already, I already did that shtick once. We, we really greatly appreciate all the support we get on Patreon. Obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into this show and there is uh, some cost as well. And it really does help us uh, continue, you know, running everything here and growing the show. We really couldn't do it without our patrons. Um, um, we're really appreciative of that support. Uh, it means a lot to us. And I hope it means a lot to uh, all of our other listeners as well. Yeah. And uh, speaking personally, uh, the Patreon support has helped keep my mouth full, my tofu hole full of food. <laughs> Your tofu hole. <laughs> during this uh, hard time. So Yeah, thank you to Sean and Frankie for being Patreon supporters. means a lot. Uh, and even even means more that we get to meet all of you uh, over the internet face-to-face when we play games and whatnot or different events. So thank you very much. And if you want to join them, you can go to patreon.com. So that's Triviality Podcast. Sean, what do you have in store for the swing round? All right. Um, the swing round is going to be uh, on popular music, and this swing this swing round is all about music where the title of the song is not found in the chorus. To be clear, if there's a parenthetical title uh, part, it uh, it could be in the chorus, but I just need the non parenthetical t- part of the okay, title. Okay. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I'll give you the year the song was released and the lyrics from the chorus said in my best monotone voice. And you have to tell me the name of the artist and the title of the song. Five points for each correct artist and five points for each correct title for a total of 100 points for the round. Okay. For example, if I said from 1991, with the lights out, it's less dangerous. Here we are now. Entertain us. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, The answer would be. It smells like Teen Spirit. Okay. Question one. From 1966, it's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Question two. From 1970, let it roll, baby roll, let it roll all night long. Question three. From 1979, ooh, I need a dirty woman. (laughs) Me too. Me too, man. Just the way you said it. I'm sorry. It got me. Uh, I love I love this album. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I need a dirty woman. Ooh, I need a dirty girl. Okay. Question four from 1984. I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. Though it's easy to pretend, I know you're not a fool. I should have known better than to cheat a friend. And waste a chance that I'd been given, so I'm never going to dance again the way I danced with you. Question 5. From 1988. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Classic. Question 6. From 1994. I've always been in love with you. I guess you've always known it's true. You took my love for granted. Why... Oh, why? The show is over. Say goodbye. Question seven from 1996. And I don't like what you've got me hanging from. And I don't like what you've got me hanging from. Question eight from 1998. Aha. Hush dat fuss. Everybody moved to the back of the bus. Do you want to bump and slump with us? We the type of people make the club get crunk. Question nine. From 2005. She's a dwelling place for demons. She's a cage for every unclean spirit, every filthy bird, and makes us drink the poison wine to fornicating with our kings. Fallen now is Babylon the Great. Question ten. From 2009. I'd like to make myself believe that planet Earth turns slowly. It's hard to say that I'd rather stay awake when I'm asleep, because everything is never as it seems. Love the Postal Service. All right, they're going to take a little bit to go over these answers. And uh, while here on the show, they're going to have a a good amount of time to do that. Uh, If you're listening at home, just uh, rewind and take a pause after each question. Take a few minutes to think about the answers and join us and try and get the answers right. So we'll be back in... 
Just a minute. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers are now locked in. Let's go back to Sean to hear the clues, and we'll give the answers in studio. Okay. Uh, the first question was uh, from 1966. <clears throat> it's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. I think this is a, a classic trivia question. Um, maybe wonder if it inspired the category. I think this is Buffalo Springfield and for what it's worth. Mm. Uh, for what it's worth, we did not get the song title, but we did get <laughs> Buffalo Springfield. So we said Buffalo Springfield. Uh, for what it's worth, it's actually the last one I added to the category. Mm-hmm. And nice. uh, it is Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. Question two uh, from 1970. Let it roll, baby roll. Let it roll, baby roll. Uh, let it roll all night long. Uh, so I think we put our finger on what song this is. And we know it's kind of like bluesy. So we just went with Stevie Ray Vaughan. And uh, we don't know the song title. I think we ended up putting the Eagles for this one, Matt. Was mm-hmm. that right? That's correct. Yeah. We didn't think it was the Eagles, but that's as close as we got. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is bluesy. It's a little early for Stevie. Um, it is uh, The Doors. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Neil, Neil's, Neil's pointing at the poster. That's why I got this one in there. Uh, it's the Roadhouse Blues by The Doors. Oh, sorry, Matt. Um, question three from 1979. Uh, ooh, I need a dirty woman. Ooh, I need a dirty girl. It would be really disappointing if I missed a Pink Floyd question. They're probably one of my favorite, if not favorite bands. Um, this is off the wall. I believe this is Young Lust, which is typically paid with a, a different song, but we went with Young Lust. Uh, we just thought it was a Pink Floyd song, so we said Pink Floyd. That is correct. It is Pink Floyd's Young Lust. Hmm. Question four. I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. No, I was just going to say this had a, a very big contention between Jeff and Ken <laughs> when we were off on mute. They were, it was just back and forth. I think it's this. No, I think it's that. And they were betting magic cards and what had Jeff had in his pocket. Well, we, we both knew it was Careless Whisper. I thought it was Wham and he thought it was George Michael Solo. And we went with George Michael Solo. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. We had a similar discussion. Um, we weren't betting anything. Well, we ended up going with Wham. Is that right, Matt? That's correct. And Careless Whisper? So it is Careless Whisper. And I would have accepted either Wham or George ah. Michael. And the, re- and the reason I would is because when I was doing my research on the question, um, I believe George Michael is acceptable as the artist because it was marketed as his outside of the United States. Hmm. Yeah, right. So it was in the United States. It was Wham track. Correct. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you're both right. So no, just pockets. We will are be safe. doing some digging on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to settle this in uh, in another fashion. <laughs> yeah, you can keep your black lotus. <laughs> oh, if I only. would not put that on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I would have sold that immediately. Let's see. Question five uh, from 1988. 
sail away, sail away, sail away, sail away, sail away. Etc. 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 I think it's Enya, but we don't know the song. Is it is it the Enya one? We'll say Enya. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a song that if you'd been up to three in the morning in the late 90s, you definitely saw the, the Pure Moods commercial. And I think that it's Enya, and it's some weird title that we could not come up with, but we said Enya. Well, it is Enya, and the name of the song is Orinoco Flow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the river. Yeah. I do remember one time Jeff invited me down into his basement, and then he put this on the on the radio. And then he put a plastic bag over my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good reference. Okay, question six. From 1994. I've always been in love with you. I guess you've always known it's true. You took my love for granted. Why, oh why? The show is over. Say goodbye. We have nothing on this one. So we're going to guess Hanson for the artist. Sure. Yeah, we didn't have anything for this either, did we, Matt? No, we had nothing. Uh, I thought for a second it was uh, being Rick rolled, but nope. Uh, so we just went with Ace of Bass. I think this may be Madonna. It I don't is. know the name of the song. It is Madonna. Um, and I think Babyface was doing background vocals on this one. I think he definitely produced it. Um, this is Take a Bow. Mm. Question seven from 1996. And I don't like what you've got me hanging from, etc. Yeah, this struck us as like grungy too, but I don't think we got anything too good on it, right? No. Anything? Do we have anything? No, I don't. No, we have nothing. We'll say No, we'll say nothing. Allison Chains? We'll say Allison Chains. Yeah, we were also feeling a little grungy. Um and uh we went with Soundgarden. Okay. Um and no no track name. Uh the uh the Soundgarden song. <laughs> <laughs> black hole sun oh yeah, yeah. there you go um, so it it is sound garden wow and and the the thing that he's hanging from is a pretty noose oh no oh, oh yeah noose. um question eight uh from 1998 aha hush that fuss everybody moved to the back of the bus do you want to bump and slump with us we the type of people make the club get crunk we just said Missy Elliott because we don't know this one. Mm. To uh, Neil Chagrin. Yeah. This one is uh, Mr. Andre 3000 and Big Bois, uh, Rosa Parks, Outcast. That is correct. Question nine uh, from 2005. She's a dwelling place for demons. She's a cage for every unclean spirit, every filthy bird, and makes us drink the poison wine to fornicating with our kings. Fallen now is Babylon the Great. We thought this was from the uh, era of over-serious banjo music. (laughs) 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 So we said Mumford and Sons. That's a good guess. Uh, (laughs) It could have been Of Mice and Men if I wanted to go with the other serious banjo music. Um, But we weren't sure. I thought it was was kind of in the metalcore era. Um, but I thought yeah. none of those bands had big enough hits, so we just went with a huge rock band of the era and said Kings of Leon. So um, it is metal. Uh, the band is Avenged Sevenfold, and the song is The Beast and the Harlot. <sighs> okay. Wow, a... I've never listened to the lyrics. I've never intentionally listened to Avenged <laughs> Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> if I can consciously avoid it. I, I do ever since what is that Bat City or whatever Bat Country Bat Country, Bat country yeah. Ugh, no thank you Great I love solo. metal and I hate Avengers <laughs> mm, they're they're ridiculous I said they were my chemical romance for people who drink natty ice <laughs> but that's the thing Matt is they're like ridiculous but not in a way that I enjoy not not darkness ridiculous. I will say the lyric, as or soon as, as Sean read it, I th- sang it in my head for some reason in the tune of Tom Jones, like, she's a dwelling place with demons. <laughs> you know, that's why. I... <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be something. It'd be unusual, right? <laughs> it would be. <laughs> well, can't top that. <laughs> she's a cage forever, bird. <laughs> And uh, question 10 from 2009. 
I'd like to make myself believe that planet Earth turns slowly. It's hard to say that I'd rather stay awake when I'm asleep because everything is never as it seems. Yes, I remember that one year in college. <laughs> it is uh, <laughs> Fireflies by Owl City. Yeah, I'm a big, big Owl City guy. Uh, so he said Fireflies, Owl City. And that is correct. So ending the round on a high note. After the swing round, it looks like Team Racketeers are going to be at 95 points as they picked up 45 in the swing round. And uh, Team Frankie Goes to Hollywood picked up a cool 50 points, bringing them in the lead with 100 points. Question one, video game movie adaptations. All right. In 1990, Chris Roberts, director, producer, and programmer, at Origin Systems, released the first in a series of space flight simulation games where your actions determine the outcome of war of a war against a feline race known as the Kelrathi. In 1999, Chris Roberts actually directed a movie adaptation of this franchise. What is the name of this movie that starred Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew Lillard? I don't remember playing the video game adaptation of She's All That. <laughs> <laughs> comb the hair comb the hair pick out a dress oh man i'm picturing like freddie prince jr in the space suit I, I have no idea what this movie is so let's tap out okay so we're gonna say uh lost in space oh man i feel like this is the time when i would have been all about a freddie prince jr matthew lillard movie but i, I don't know this one at all um space space commanders i guess is as generic as we can probably get you want to go with space commanders yeah that sounds good i've got nothing better all right we're locked in as you were talking about it i was like oh he's close you're really close so the answer is wing commander Mm. i believe matthew lillard had blonde hair in that one yeah oh that's why i couldn't pull it of course the saffron burrows classic Question two. The category is thermodynamics. In thermodynamics, there are three possible ways to transfer heat from one location to another. What are they? Three points for each. Ten points if you get all three. Jeff knows a fourth way. (laughs) All right, we are locked in with three dumb guesses. Nice. How's your thermodynamics, Matt? Oh, um, not the best, but I think... I think this is the way that the way that energy is transferred can be I think chemical and electrical. Uh, I just wrote down friction. I was thinking sort of mm-hmm. I suppose like a kinetic way like with some kind of movement perhaps. Dynamic maybe or Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. not sure what kind of what that would I'm be. Happy to go with those <laughs> Yeah, so we'll go with electrical, chemical, and dynamic. Yeah, I know for energy, chemical, electrical, and mechanical would sound right, but I don't know. We just wrote electricity, friction, and collisions. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the the three possible ways would be conduction, Mm. convection, convection like an oven, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, radiation, so Mm. the sun transferring heat. And... The fourth way, sweet, sweet loving. (laughs) (laughs) Already mentioned friction. All right. Uh, Question three, more guitarists. Um, Ice Nine is the second track on the second studio album of a virtuoso guitarist who briefly replaced Richie Blackmore in Deep Purple before Steve Morse took over permanently. This guitarist also taught several other famous guitarists, including Kirk Hammett from Metallica, Alex Skolnick of Testament, and Larry Lalonde of Primus. Who is this guitarist who's been nominated for 15 Grammys, but has never won? For five bonus points, what comic book character is on the cover of the, this second studio album where Ice Nine appears? Oh, we're going to lock in. I don't think it's Carlos Santana. He's taught a lot of people guitar, possibly. I don't know. Maybe Stevie yeah, Stevie like, Vai? Yeah. Um, um, this is not in my wheelhouse either. I'm sorry, Matt. I feel like I'm not much, not much well, help today. Okay. Um, yeah, let's let's just go with Stevie Vai. And which which yeah. comic book character do you want to go with? 
Oh, Batman's my favorite. All right, Batman it is. And we we said Steve Vai and we said Superman, even though I'm pretty sure the DC folk are pretty litigious. So um, this guy taught Steve Vai. Um, it is Joe Satriani. Oh, Ooh, that was my guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, Joey Sands. And the the album in question is Surfing with the Alien, and on the cover is Silver Surfer. Oh, that makes sense. Not Elf. Got it. Out of fun Elf. <laughs> He's not the only alien life form. Okay. <laughs> All right. Back to academia briefly for math. How many degrees are there in each interior angle of a regular pentagon? Fun fact, it also happens to be the number of stitches on a regulation baseball. Reluctant. Yeah, I feel like I should know this one being a primary school teacher, but... Yeah, it, 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 I think we know that a triangle has 180, it squares 270, and then we're looking at a possibly 360 for a pentagon. Divide that by five, and we're saying 72. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. Uh, I think you guys are on the right track, but just a little off. Uh, triangle's 180. I'm pretty sure a square's 360, um, mm. which would make a pentagon 540. Divide by 5, you get 108. Because I'm pretty sure the formula is N minus 2 for the sides times 180. 108 is correct. Very good, job. Oh. Thank you. Oh, we left off one of our angles, yeah. Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys okay. were really close. Okay, um, question five. College basketball. What university would be hooting and hollering if we didn't know it was the number five overall in men's Division I basketball wins, as well as the top-ranking team on that list outside of the Power Five conference schools? Bonus, uh, for one point each and five points for all four, can you also name the four Power Five schools above that, that non-Power Five team? I'm just going to say he said hooting and hollering, and then I'm going to... Step aside and leave it to Jeff. Oh, I dude, I don't know this. I don't follow NCAA basketball at all. All right, we're going to say DePaul and Temple and Virginia State <laughs> and North Carolina <laughs> and uh, UCLA. So what are you, what are you going reluctant. with? Your, what are you going with as your real answer? Temple. Oh, my God. So he says hooting. Temple or the owls? Yeah, it's the <laughs> the out of here. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's Temple. Uh, and then I think the ones above it are going to be North Carolina, <laughs> Kansas, UCLA, and Duke. Are you okay going with those? Did I seriously get yeah. full points and then two bonus points? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm right, but that's what we're locking in with. So the answer is Temple. <laughs> How fortunate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the bonus answer is uh, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky. Ooh, Kentucky. Okay. So I think the only one you missed is UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got one bonus point and uh, 10 points. 10 so unbelievably lucky 11, points. <laughs> 10 unbelievably lucky. As soon as he said Temple, I was like, oh, they're the owls. That's great. But I didn't care, whatever. After that amazing poll by Ken on accident uh, and their bonus points. <laughs> I always say Temple. Sometimes it's right. You you do always say Temple when any sports question comes up. Uh, it looks like their score uh, after five in the second round is 116. And uh, it looks like uh, Matt and Frankie are going to be picking up uh, 13 points just on that last question. So they're going to be at 113. So Jeff and Ken have taken the lead. Ooh. Okay. Question six in literature. Professor Gavin Jones, a specialist in American literature at Stanford University, spoke to The Guardian recently about a 233-page unpublished but finished werewolf mystery novel called Murder at Full Moon. The author attempted to publish the novel in 1930, but it suffered the wrath of publishers at the time. What is the name of this novel's Pulitzer Prize winning author? All right. Uh, I think we have a guess, so we're going to go ahead and lock in here. Not too sure. Yeah. You said you heard something in the news possibly about them finding some old unfinished books or something along those lines. Yeah. I just couldn't think who it was. 
1930. Yeah, so we thought maybe this is something like it was later found. Maybe it was Mary Shelley's second book about different monsters. She just loved monsters, maybe. Who knows? Well, we're we're locking in with Mary Shelley. Okay, and we think maybe this is a late and uh, discarded rendition of the Sherlock Holmes tales. So we're saying Arthur Conan Doyle. I mean, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So, um, so it suffered the wrath of publishers at the time. The grapes of wrath. It's mm. John Steinbeck. So, wow. I like Ken's answer, though. I've deduced that the hair upon that man's body was not uh, pubic hair, but it was the lycanthrope hair. <laughs> lycanthrope? I like how snooty Sherlock Holmes is in your, in your mind. <laughs> I dare say that's not a full moon, Watson. It's a half moon. Pull up your pants. (laughs) I'll show you a full moon. He's turning into Kelsey Grammer, to be honest. It's turning into an erotic Sherlock Holmes fanfic. (laughs) Secrets out. I have a fanfic Tumblr. Um, Question seven. Historical movies. The memorial to Robert Gould Shaw and the Massachusetts 54th Regiment is a bronze relief sculpture found in Boston. Edward Zwick directed a 1989 film about the 54th Massachusetts Infantry Regiment, and this monument appears during the end credits of the film. What is the name of this film that was nominated for five Academy Awards and won three, including Best Supporting Actor? Could be. I'm pretty sure we stood in front of this monument, Ken. Yeah, and if Matt was there with us in Boston, which he was not, then he would have stood in front of it, too. I was there with you, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, I'm almost certain I went. We, it's we from this at, movie. And, and we, we looked at it and we said, that guy looks like Mahershala Ali. That's right. And I said, it's from this movie. So we we were elected. I wasn't there. And uh, so I have no idea. 1989 <laughs> yeah, movie. Maybe this is where they were driving Miss Daisy to? <laughs> Probably not. Sure. Yeah, we're that we're rocking with the Dan Aykroyd classic, <laughs> Driving Miss Daisy. Well, uh, we think it was probably a good year for Morgan Freeman because he was in this one as well, and it's uh, Glory. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, the best supporting actor I think was won by Denzel Washington. That's correct. Yep. Question eight: uh, The category is current events. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle recently welcomed their second child into the world. What is her first and middle name? I just damn it. <laughs> I should know I better. Just don't give a <laughs> is the problem. I was saying to Matt that uh, I actually know this one because my husband told me the name. Neither of us are monarchists at all, not interested in the royals, but he told me the name and I didn't believe him, so I looked it up because I thought he, he was wrong. Um, but I think it's Lilibet Diana. Yeah, I remembered it sounded a little silly. Um, I think it's like mm-hmm. a nickname for the queen or something like that. And she was like pissed off about it because she's like 95 or something. And she's pissed <laughs> off about everything. But um, yeah, we said Eugenie. Eugenie. Because yeah, we couldn't come up with it. Yeah. So the answer is Lilibet or Lily Diana. Mm. It's yeah, hard. It sounds it like all... Elizabeth Lilibet. Yes. Yeah. Like a yeah. childish way to pronounce it. A little bit. Um, question nine. Uh, The category is women's sports. On April 11th, 2021, Hope Troutwine of the University of North Texas pitched a perfect game. This perfect game was notable because Hope became the first Division I player to do what in the course of the perfect game? I'm sure Nolan Ryan was impressed. Punched Robin Ventura in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I know this one. We can can lock in if, uh, if you're okay with it. Do, do, do you well, think she hit a home run oh, and be, also pitched perfect? That'd game? be kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if it has anything to do with pitching. I mean, there's really not, not too much more you can do with a perfect game. I mean, like, all right, let's say she hit a home run also. Um, I'm pretty so. I'm pretty sure that that the Nolan Ryan angle were going strikeouts, and I think that'd be really notable if she struck out every batter. So we said it's a perfect game where you strike out every batter. And Matt is correct. Wow. Yeah, she struck out 21 batters. Uh, question 10. Uh, the category is board games. Named after a city in southern France, famous for its city walls, what board game, created by Klaus Jürgen Retta, won a, the 2001 Spiel de Jahres 
or game of the year? Mm. Uh, I think we can lock in that answer. Well, let's let's think about French cities. You think Versailles is a good one? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good guess. I don't have anything better than that. That sounds good to me. Versailles, it is. This one, this one's real tough. I couldn't remember exactly the year. Um, Originally, my gut said Carcassonne because that's French and that's like castle building. But I think that game's older than 2001. So I know Alhambra. That might be a Spanish one, though. We just locked in Alhambra. Well, you're going to be kicking yourself because it's Carcassonne. Mm. (laughs) Almost got there. Your carcass is going to be on the road after this (laughs) failure. Yeah, you're right about Alhambra, though. The wall is kind of important in that game, too. Yeah, that's where I was getting confused. Well, it looks like uh, Jeff's carcass is preventing uh, Jeff and Ken from taking the lead, so they're going to end regulation with 126 points for the Racketeers. And Frankie goes Hollywood in the lead with 133 points. So what are those categories, Sean, that they can wager those points on? Okay, your categories for the final round are smell the glove. (laughs) (laughs) I see where this is going. (laughs) Drummer tragedies. D minor is the saddest of all keys. Stonehenge. And puppet show. Oh, fun. Okay. All the wagers are now locked in. Let's get the questions. Okay, question one. Smell the glove. Johnny Cochran famously said, if it does not fit, you must acquit. In the closing arguments of the O.J. Simpson murder trial, after O.J. had tried on the glove during the trial. As they often do, South Park parodied this in an episode, Chef Aid, where Chef is on trial. Their parody includes Johnny Cochran imitating a similar defense based around what fictional character that it's not wise to upset. Question two, drummer tragedies. Drummer Rick Allen famously got in an accident on December 31st, 1984, in his Corvette C4 and had to have his left arm amputated. <laughs> he was, at the time, and is still the drummer for what band? Yes. No. <laughs> we knew it, Matt. I know. Just because you said it out loud earlier off recording doesn't mean we didn't know it. Question three. Category is D minor is the saddest of all keys. D minor is, of course, the saddest of all keys. To make it happier, you could modulate to its relative major scale, which would have the same notes as the D minor scale, but would start on a different note. What is D minor's relative major key? Question four, category Stonehenge. Stonehenge is a prehistoric monument made of very large stones in England. Carhenge is a monument that attempts to replicate this monument out of automobiles covered in gray spray paint found near the city of Alliance in what U.S. state? This state is also known for its unique state legislature. Question five, category puppet show. Peter Jackson is quite well known for Heavenly Creatures, The Frighteners, The Lord of the Rings series, and The Hobbit series. Before those, Jackson directed a 1989 musical black comedy starring several puppets of various types of animals involving drug addiction, extortion, robbery, disease, drug dealing, and even murder. What is the name of this film? Okay, we'll chew these over and we'll be back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah, the show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel of 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. And the answers are now locked in. So let's go ahead and get the questions one more time, see how we did. Uh, question one, category smell the glove. Johnny Cochran famously said, if it does not fit, you must acquit. In the closing arguments of the O.J. Simpson murder trial, after O.J. had tried on the glove during the trial. As they often do, South Park parodied this in the episode Chef Aid, where Chef is on trial. Their parody includes Johnny Cochran imitating a similar defense based around what fictional character that it's not wise to upset. Well, we just had to go uh, based off the last line of that question for 25 points, and we just said the Hulk, because you don't want to make him mm-hmm. angry. Yeah, we wagered 20, and now that I think about it, if if he was angry, he wouldn't fit into the clothes and they would rip, so that makes a lot of sense. So we also said the Hulk. Well, um, Han Solo once said, it's not wise to upset a Wookiee. Mm. Mm. So the answer is Chewbacca, the Chewbacca defense. Okay. Um, question two, category drummer tragedies. Drummer Rick Allen famously got in an accident on December 31st, 1984 in his Corvette C4 and had to have his left arm amputated. He was at the time and still is the drummer for what band? Again, for 25 points, got to appreciate people who uh, persevere and don't give up because I am definitely a quitter. Uh <laughs> And I would have definitely quit Def Leppard after this event. Uh, we wagered 10 points, and if I lost my arm, I would definitely quit Coffee Conglomerate and not move on with that job. But uh, we said Def Leppard as well. And Def Leppard is correct. Question three. Uh, D minor is the saddest of all keys. D minor is, of course, the saddest of all keys. To make it happier, you could modulate to its relative major scale which would have the same notes as the D minor scale, but would start on a different note. What is D minor's relative major key? All right, we wagered uh, 25 on this one. Ken and I both are somewhat familiar with uh, musical scales. He uh, clued in pretty quick. Uh, we're pretty sure this is F major. Mm, uh, we wagered 20, and I was also pretty sure that this is an F major. And F major is correct. Well done, Matt. I was no help on that one. <laughs> Very unusual. Question four, Stonehenge. Stonehenge is a prehistoric monument made of very large stones in England. Carhenge is a monument that attempts to replicate this monument out of automobiles covered in gray spray paint. Found near the city of Alliance in what U.S. state? This state is also known for its unique state legislature. 25 points again for us, and uh, Jeff knew this one. Yep. So um, I was thinking it was a state that um, not a lot of people visit and they need kind of some roadside attractions. And uh, when you said that um, they had a unique legislator, I immediately think of Nebraska and their unicameral system. So we locked in Nebraska. Mm, I was cluing in directly on uh, unusual state legislature. I was pretty sure that Louisiana is based off of France, where the rest of America is mostly based off the English uh, parliament system. But we, so we said Louisiana. And it is the unicameral legislature in the state of Nebraska. Job, Jeff. And question five in Puppet Show. Uh, Peter Jackson is quite well known for Heavenly Creatures, The Frighteners, The Lord of the Rings series, The Hobbit series. Before those, Jackson directed this 1989 musical black comedy starring several puppets of various types of animals involved involving drug addiction, extortion, robbery, disease, drug dealing, and even murder. What is the name of this film? Yeah, we had no idea on this one, but we wagered 25, and we just said Avenue Q. Ooh. Because it's got puppets. Uh, we wagered 30. Um, no idea, right, Frankie? Yeah, and now I hear the question again. It was animal puppets, so I'm not sure that our guest uh, fits, well, but we didn't really these, come up with anything better, did we? Yeah, these kids were animals. We said the garbage pail kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like yeah, to see that. This last one was definitely a little bit tougher. Um, so it's a movie called Meet the Feebles. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and with that question, um, the team of Frankie Goes Hollywood, if they would have gotten it correct, 
with that huge wager. They would have won the game, but unfortunately, uh, they're going to be in second place today with 103 points, making the Racketeers today's cream of the crop with 151 points. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Yep. Shook you down because we're Racketeers. Is that what racketeering <laughs> is? What's racketeering? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know. something Elliot Ness says and chases people. All right. We're going to racketeer uh, Neil after this recording. I guess. That sounds good. Uh, Sean, uh, let's start with you. Uh, great game that you put together for us. Thank you for putting the time in and writing the questions. Great mix of questions. Uh, any shout outs or uh, anyone you'd like to say hi to or things you'd like to talk about? The floor is yours. Um, yeah, I just wanted to thank uh, all the playtesters on uh, Discord and uh, on the crop on Facebook. And uh, also to a few of my family members, my sister Shannon and my brother Brian for helping me out as well. Um, and yeah, thanks for the opportunity. It was it was fun right in the game. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and Frankie, uh, same goes to you. We appreciate you um, taking some time on uh, in the future, I guess, since you're it's in the morning the <laughs> next day. But thank you for taking some time to hang with us today. Anyone you'd like to t- say hi to or any uh, any uh, last words today? Yeah, just thanks for having me on. It was great fun. Um, sorry to Matt that I wasn't much more help. He really carried me through. Um, just a shout out to my family. Thanks to my husband for wrangling the kids for a couple of hours. Well, our fingers are crossed and our shin bones are crossed for North Melbourne to have a few more wins this season. Um, so, uh, Sean and Frankie, thank you for joining us today. Uh, over the internet, you were neighbors today, even though you're both home and away, just naming Australian soap operas for our other Australian <laughs> listeners. Uh, but thank you to both of you. Thank you to Matt uh, and for uh, Ken and Jeff. My name is Neil, and that was... I almost said Australia, but I meant to say triviality. <laughs> triviality! <laughs> Just a quick sidebar. Um, you were making a master and commander joke, which stars Russell Crowe, who is Australian, famously Australian. Yeah. Frankie, I have a question. It's gonna—it's for the soul of all of Australia. But if there is one celebrity, because there's so many celebrity imports we have here from Australia who do such great work, who would you like to represent Australia if there was only one Australian actor or actress? Well, that's a good question. It definitely wouldn't be Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> Why um, not? What about Mel Gibson? Oh, where do I start? <laughs> Maybe go with like your all round nice guy, um... Paul Hogan. <laughs> Look, that's, that's probably close to our soul, really. If you're trying to pick someone who's Chris Hemsworth. No, you were gonna say Hugh Jackman, right? I was gonna say Hugh Jackman, yeah. yeah. But that's such a you know cookie cutter. Is Eric Bana Australian? Mm-hmm. I would also go with Eric Bana. He's a Saint Kilda fan. <laughs> Like him already. He did do that Hulk movie, though, so he's out. <laughs> All right. Hemsworth? One of the Hemsworths? Yeah, Liam. Liam? <laughs> All right. Question <laughs> two, please. 